Bush and Richie here with your daily takeaway. Uh, this is an interesting show you're about to hear because you're going to find out that um, Richie is going to be Richie is going to be going to watch a movie on his own, mm-hmm. which uh, you'll find out why. I don't I don't want to go to the film, not in a bad way. It's just it's just different interests. But of course, he's going to be going with our producer Adem. Mm-hmm. I just want to know from you guys: Will he be sitting directly next to each other in the big empty cinema, or Adem shaking his head? Are you going to sit right next to Adem, or are you going to have a space between? What's the what's the protocol here? He is shaking his head. I would say, quite honestly, that if there is the space, I would prefer there to be a seat between us. And I would say that if I was going with you, if there was the space, I would prefer there to be a seat between us. When you regularly go off to the cinema with your your big burly fireman friend, what's his name? James. James. Do you guys do you have a seat between the pair of you or not? <laughs> You don't, do you? We don't know. Oh, well, there no, you go. We don't. Well, it's nice to know where you stand. <laughs> oh, that's awkward, but it was honest. Oh, I can't believe it. I saw a slap in the face. What wow. a slap in the face. I'm sorry to you and to our producer, Adem. The Daily Takeaway. Bush and Richie's Daily Takeaway. If you weren't here for yesterday's show, you would have missed out on the drama. The drama of me reviving a bee back to life. I walked downstairs in the morning, saw a dead bee on the windowsill, thought I need to help this little fella out. Went and got a spoon from the kitchen, water, sugar, little mixture, coaxed it onto the bee, it started moving around, it moved various centimetres over the following hours. And I was really excited to get home after yesterday's show to see how the little fella had got on. But many people, whilst I'm here at work, were getting in touch as I was telling this story, claiming this was not a bee. We weren't claiming, it was proved during the course of last night. And thank you to everyone who's got in touch on Twitter about this. What I love about this show is it may finish at 7 o'clock, but the best bit is sitting on the train and going through the tweets and people are like delving into uh, Wikipedia to find what this insect was. In effect, the show never finishes. It never finishes, it just carries on. <laughs> but it was, uh, it, what is it called? A bee, you you revived a bee fly. It's, uh, it's a bee fly. Um, parasite, it's kind of a parasite. It is, yes. And right. the thing on its head wasn't the stinger. Uh, it's actually... Uh, a proboscis to suck nectar. Absolutely revolted. The state of this thing, you should see it, but you, you revived it, which is nice. I did! So I got home and I walked in through the front door and I was thinking, how is the little man? And I I, I walked up the stairs to see him on the uh, on the windowsill. Wasn't there. Neither was the spoon. Oh, my word. I bet you were half expecting me reading the newspaper, watching TV with Natalie. Exactly, straight back down into the kitchen. Where's me bee? Where's he gone? Where's the bee? What's happened to him? She's like... Oh, I got in and he hadn't moved much, so I just scooped him up onto the spoon I chucked him out into the garden. What? After all that, she just flicked him out the front door? Flicked him out <laughs> into the garden. That's it. That's it. So if you're, if you're looking for a happy ending, this, uh, uh, that's just, this isn't a Pixar movie, this is, this is real life, folks. What a waste. What an unbelievable waste. Uh, now, let me say, right, there was a guy that used to walk around Bristol City Centre mm-hmm. back it, back about five, ten years ago, and what he used to do, he used to walk around in a high-vis vest mm-hmm. with an empty fuel can, mm-hmm. little plastic fuel can thing, and he would tell people that he was a van driver out on deliveries that had broken down, had no cash on him, yeah. and if he could borrow ten quid to get some petrol, he'd be able to get back on the road, back to the depot and sort it out. Yeah. And basically, if people gave him money, and he was getting loads of money for it, apparently he was going straight to the pub. Right. No, no van or anything, just a high-vis vest. I would say that bee fly is the equivalent of that bloke. <laughs> He's taking you for a ride. He's turned up. He's had five or six uh, teaspoons full of uh, sugary water and Natalie's helped him on his way before you can come back and uh, have words with him. Do you know what I mean? And equally, when you look back at yesterday's show, what a waste of three hours. I know. Are we up- this is why I just want to apologise to people for that. Sorry, everyone. We'll give you a better one today. Looking forward to the weekend. I'm looking forward to, uh, after the show this evening, got a very exciting uh, evening ahead. 
Uh, I am heading to a screening of Nicolas Cage's brand new movie, uh, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Now, if you're a long-term sufferer of this show, you will know that I am a massive fan of Nicolas Cage. My colleague here, Bush... You don't care as much for his canon of work as I do, and that's fine. We can have differences in life. That's a very polite way to put it, and yes, I'll go <laughs> along with that, and I won't be joining you later on. No, you won't be joining me later on, so I will be literally rushing out of the door at 7 o'clock to go and watch this on my own. I'll tell you all about it tomorrow. Uh, what's really exciting about it is the reviews so far that I have read, it's incredible. Good for you. I'm sure you'll have a great time. <laughs> but here's the thing, right? You might be in a friendship, or it might be even more than that, a relationship where there is one big chasm between the two of you, but you make it work. For us, it's Nicolas Cage. It's a Nicolas Cage thing. Or maybe you have to work. Maybe you drive around the van with someone. You've got uh, opposed, massively opposing football teams, or you know, it's a complete different view on something. But through the medium of just getting on with getting on with stuff, or, or whatever, or getting through the working day, uh, you you put that aside and fair play to you, and just make things happen. Agreeing with each other on everything would be boring. So if that is your case, we want to hear about it. Who are you? What's the big difference? Uh, Nick says Kirsty Alsop, not to mention Phil Spencer, George Clark, Kevin McLeod. Anyone who loves lists, transforms amazing places, uh, TV house programmes, they are the bane of my life, the love of my wife. Uh, this person who doesn't leave their name says, I've been married for over 41 years, I'm a massive Manchester City fan and season card holder, my hubby's a United fan, they said it would never last, but it has. Uh, now, Steve's in Coventry says, we've been together 32 years, me and my other half, I have to suffer, take that, it's painful, because I love metal architects and machine heads. After the big differences, the chasms in your friendships and relationships, but you still make it work. Uh, alluded to this earlier, I mentioned it. Uh, I would promise some advice on overcoming relationship obstacles from my parents. My mum and dad have been together for ages, despite uh, one being a red and one being a blue in terms of football. Uh, I've got my mum, Jerry on the phone right now. Uh, mum, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Doing fine, thanks, Andy. Uh, Bush's mum, how can I address you? Oh, Jerry. Jerry, all right, cool. Jerry it's sounds good. good. This is, yeah. It's very formal, isn't it, it is, my yeah, mum yeah, on the yeah. show? Uh, <laughs> mum, so let's, how long have you and my dad, Nigel, been married? Uh, we will have been married 50 years in next May. Fantastic. Uh, and we got married on Cup Final Day 1973. Amazing. <laughs> Who played in that final? It was Sunderland and Leeds, I think, yeah? Neither of your teams, as I understand. Well, this is it. Uh, you know, and f 50 years of being married to my dad, Nigel, good on your mother. Needed a, need a medal there with all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but so, uh, you guys, you are, uh, you are um, fans of opposite football teams, so you are a huge <laughs> Liverpool fan. I'm a huge Liverpool fan, and your dad and our sons are huge Everton fans. OK. But, so I've had 50 years of treading a fine line. A very fine line. And uh, it's an interesting... Like, our, our whole family are, are obviously a mix of Everton and Liverpool because everyone's okay. from Liverpool and everything. So yeah. like, back when I was a kid, if we went up up to Liverpool uh, and we stayed up like my uh, Uncle Ivor's house, my Uncle Ivor, a Liverpool fan, would always make Dad a cup of tea in a Liverpool mug. It was that kind of yeah, banter, wasn't it? That's exactly it, yes. <laughs> and you, and you, you used to work at Anfield, you used to sell pies back in the day I, at Anfield. My Saturday job in the 60s was selling pies in the cop. Oh. You can't get more Liverpool than that. Now, now I know, obviously, Dad, same as us, it's been a terrible season this season. It's very. Yes. He's, what, to explain to people what Dad is like when Everton are on the telly. As I say, whenever they get beat, it's just horrendous. It's just misery and <laughs> upsetness. I mean, we can't watch match of the day and all this kind of stuff. And it lasts like about two or three days until 
they win again. I know someone like that. <laughs> yeah, like father, like son. <laughs> Can I ask a question? Because there have been rare moments over the 50 years yeah. when Everton have had the better um, side of things. So what yeah. are they like back to you? Oh, no, no, not too bad. I mean, really, I mean... They know they'll get... Um, in trouble. In, in trouble, yeah. <laughs> no, but my mum's very good because, obviously, we put... Uh, there's a lot of stuff about Liverpool scoring late goals, yeah. which we put into yeah. the family WhatsApp, which my mum... You you're, you just walk past them, you don't get involved, do you, mum? You, 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 turn, a, uh, you, you uh, turn the other cheek to that kind of comment. Well, that's right, because, I mean, it's like... Um, I don't know how you can say it because, it, I mean, we have been married 50 years and we both support different teams, but... You just have to get on with it. Just have to get on with it. <laughs> now, the big difference between me and Andy is yeah. uh, is Nicolas Cage movies. I love them. Uh, he doesn't care as much for them as me. Not as much. Do you have an opinion on Nicolas Cage's movies? I don't think I've ever seen one, to be honest. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> You're like your son. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and long may that continue. Uh, Mum, uh, thank you so much, Queen. It's great to have you on the show. Uh, love you lots. Uh, so what shall I say? You'll never walk alone or come on, you blues. I think you know the correct answer to that, Mum. Up the toffees. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> Take care. Uh, time is ticking down to me heading off to see the brand-new Nicolas Cage movie this evening. It's called The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. He plays himself in it. It's had a, re- a very rare 100% critics rating so far on Rotten Tomatoes. This is unheard of. I am so excited. The big difference between Bush and myself, if you're a regular listener, to this show is you don't really care as much for Nicolas Cage films as I do. I, I would say our, our movie interests are quite different, but we've not <laughs> let that come between us. And we're, we're, we're asking for people getting in touch this evening with stories of how you've managed to make a relationship work despite a key difference. And we've got Ian on the line right now. Ian, tell us about the difference then between you and your wife. real difference really is uh, purely we prefer different films. So she's a rom-com, um, a lot of romance and drama, whereas I'm a big sci-fi and uh, action. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll go to the cinema together, uh, get our popcorn, head down the uh, corridor, she'll go in one door and I'll go in the opposite one. Wow. So, two different movies and then meet up again. <laughs> See, now that that on one, one side of things sounds kind of scary for a relationship. You can't even go and sit next to each other in the cinema. However, I, I can never go to the cinema with my other half, Katie, because we can't agree on a film. Yeah. Whereas, I guess your route of doing it is just pick a different film each and meet at the end. That must be amazing. Exactly. It's great. You've got something to talk about at the end of it. And the thing is, when you're in the cinema, do you chat and start talking when you're watching a movie? Well, my other half, Katie, does. That's one of the other ones as well. <laughs> it does, however, mean, though, that you've, got, you've both got to find a film that you like, even though it's different, but it's got to be on at the same time. That's Otherwise, one of, you, one of you is hanging around by the pick and mix for about 45 <laughs> minutes. Oh, no, but it's not a problem, because what we do is if we know there's a difference in uh, viewing time or running time, then uh, we'll, we'll actually meet up in a bar, so uh, someone will get the pints in first. They're, 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 they're well routined at this. I think this might be the perfect relationship. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Heidi, what is it for you guys? Yeah, I know. Wow, Star Wars, what is it all about? I don't get it. So he's a big Star Wars fan and you're not that keen? No, I can't bear it. I have really tried for his sake, but um, the little woolly, what's his name, Chewbacca, and the silly little robots, I just don't understand oh, it. Star Wars fans are <laughs> yeah, exactly. bristling about they that are. at the moment. <laughs> little woolly fella. So what is it that your husband is having to suffer in uh, in reply then? Well, he hates musicals, and uh, he doesn't love a musical. Do you know what? I quite, quite like the sound of your husband. He's into Star Wars and hates musicals. I, f- <laughs> I feel like meeting up for him with a drink or something. <laughs> 
everybody, perhaps every bloke would agree with my husband and every woman would agree with me, probably. But I just love the, the sing, the song and the music and the story that happens within the song. And he, well, he walks out the room, to be honest. So we had Ian on a bit earlier on who, him and his wife just go to, they go to the cinema together, but go their separate ways and watch different films. So do you just like <laughs> do your own thing, you and you, your husband then, Heidi, in terms of your interest? Don't make the other one get into it? Yeah, so I'll get on my phone and have a little game of Scrabble and he'll get, get on the laptop and look on eBay and that's the sort of done thing now. <laughs> and how long have you been making this work so far? Uh, well, pretty much since, well, since we got married, I think. <laughs> is it, I guess compromise is the key to a successful yeah. relationship, isn't it? It is, yeah. I mean, it works, you know. I, I, I try not to complain too much at Star Wars and he tries not to complain too much when there's a musical on, so... It's, it's not too work. late, Bush, to come with me to watch the Cage movie tonight and you can play Scrabble on your phone like Heidi does. I've actually got some stuff on eBay to sort out, so I'll just stay right here. Uh, I am insanely jealous. If you listen to Absolute Radio this weekend, uh, the most surreal booking for rock and roll football is Nicolas Cage himself. Uh, he's going to be chatting to Matt Ford uh, about the new movie. Um, and football, surely? Do you know I like? This is the one thing. I know I'm not going to the movie, and that's what we've been talking about, right? That you're going on your own. But Ooh. one thing I do like about Nick Cage is that he lives... I don't know if he still lives in Bath. Does he still live in Bath? He certainly had that castle there, didn't he? Well, he used to turn on the Bath Christmas lights great. every year, back back in the day when he used to live in Bristol. So fair play to him for that bit of a curveball. But one other thing, just as a sidetrack to this, I'm just looking through the T's and C's here and, and some of the, um, the guidance, if you like, in terms of this big celebrity interview and everything. When are you... Because you're going to watch an advanced screening of this film. Yeah, this evening. Do you know when you're allowed to uh, actually talk about it? <laughs> Is that like a... I don't know, because quite often, when we get the chance to see these films slightly ahead of them being in the cinema, you do have to sign your life away and say, I'm not going to say anything about it until such and such a date. Because I remember going to watch one of the Bond movies once, mm. uh, like a couple of, like a week before it came out, and it, it was unbelievable. I had to get, hand over my mobile phone, they put it in like a sealed freezer bag, yeah. wrote me name on it in a Sharpie, and had yeah. to get it at the end. So wonder if there's, you're going to be frisked to make sure you're not videoing <laughs> the Nick Cage film this evening? They can do whatever they want to be quite frank my review such is my loyalty to Mr Cage they they can they can make me sign whatever they want my review will be the same I can tell you right now it's brilliant this is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway they say variety is the spice of life well I tell you what we've got no idea where the next hour of radio is going to take us a hundred phoning topics on a hundred different table tennis balls it's the Tuesday Tombola and it's spinning already because... oh it stopped I, was... I need a second spin it's got to, got to be done properly this because these balls have got to be given a chance to spin 100 topics inside which will be the next 55 minutes of the show who knows what's going to happen it's ball number 85 I can tell you that much which is the topic secret ingredients Secret ingredients. Wow, so if you've got like kind of a recipe where you sneak something in, uh, you know, people might not realise what it is, then this is it. People who do stuff with Marmite, a lot of Marmite going... My dad puts Marmite on steaks when he's That's frying them. really, really weird, because in the five seconds since that ball's come out, I'm thinking, secret ingredients, what do I do, what do I do? And there was, uh, there was a waitress at the hotel I was staying at uh, a week or so ago uh, who commented on how thick I spread my Marmite on toast at breakfast. Yeah. Uh, and then was Comment saying... Comment stroke appalled. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was bordering on appalled. And said... 
do you put marmite on your roast potatoes for your Sunday right uh, Sunday roast? I'd never heard of this. Never heard of that before. What a great secret ingredient that is. Well, I mean, I've started doing the whole uh, marmite on a crumpet with scrambled egg on top, on, which is a, a Richie Firth classic. It is, yeah. So, I mean, the, other than marmite, it no, doesn't, there, have, doesn't to have, marmite, have to be marmite. No. But we probably could do an hour on that as well. <laughs> so, look, if you've got a secret ingredient that you use, you want to share with the group, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, from my part, I'm not a very ac- accomplished cook, but I do like to put quite a lot of tomato ketchup mm-hmm. into chili con carne. Squeeze tomato ketchup from, you know, like Tommy K into a chili con carne. But why tomato ketchup? It just works. So you could, you could like, get a tin of chopped tomatoes no, no, or something. That's in there as well. <laughs> but it's in, like, an extra little... Little... Little freshener, do you know what I mean? So you've got, you got all the other bits in there, the yeah, chopped tomatoes yeah. and all the herbs and everything, but... Little to- Tommy K okay. in there. Right. I always look round to the kitchen door to see that Katie hasn't seen him. <laughs> She's going to love that. It works. Uh, some brilliant stuff coming in. Uh, Pamela says, uh, I cook red cabbage, then I flash fry it with Ribena. It's delicious. Wow. Wow, we, what about that? We spoke in the early part of the show about the differences between you and I, but I know you well enough to know that uh, liver and onions is one of your favourite meals. It's my favourite thing my mum cooks. Trisha has texted to say my secret ingredient is a mug of tea in my gravy for liver and onions. Just trying to get my head around that. Mug it, like with milk in it? She actually says no milk. Wow. So she's not a complete animal then. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Yeah. That. This is the kind of stuff we want. Get in touch. We've got Ken on the line. Ken, tell us about your secret ingredient. Uh, well, one, me and my sister were at all. My mum went out and left my dad to make this, me and my sister tea. Mm-hmm. And uh, after tea, he said, oh, well, did you like that? And so, yeah, yeah, it was really nice. What, what was it, it, incidentally, what was it that you actually made you? Stew. Right. Stew okay. made like a, well, they call it lobbying stoke. Right. But it's like, essentially, it's just a stew. But uh, it was, uh, he said, did you like that? I said, yeah, yeah, really nice. And he says, well, uh, put cornflakes in the bottom of it. <laughs> <laughs> Does a cornflake hold its structure in stew? Well, I think it was basically the, you know, the remnants at the bottom of the, mm. of the bags. Yeah. The, the dust, the like dust the, you get in the bottom of a bag dust. of cornflakes. Yeah. Yeah, it was dust. So is this inspired or is this a dad that's just panicking because he's got to make some food and he doesn't know what he's doing? I think he just wanted to thicken it up a bit. and uh... <laughs> Bind it together. So, Ken, when you yeah. make stew, do you chuck a few cornflakes in now? Um, after that incident, no, I don't think I do. <laughs> <laughs> right. Not an endorsement? No, definitely not. <laughs> Hope we're not keeping you, Richie. Obviously, you've got to get off to your Nicolas Cage movie in a bit, haven't you? <laughs> no, no. How long have you got you till? You've got me until literally the moment the show finishes at 7 o'clock, but I will be packing my bag up from around about 6.45 on. Are you going to add insult to injury and do the, the final talky piece with your coat and bag on? I, I will have my hoodie on for the final piece. What I, as an aside, I have just realised I've not eaten and I won't be able to eat. So that is stressing me out a little bit. This, inter- this evening's getting more interesting as it goes on. <laughs> it's the Tuesday Tombola. We're after your secret ingredients. Uh, this is interesting. Usually the best part of the roast dinner is the gravy on the plate at the end, says this text. Right. They don't give a name. Uh, this is because all the bits of the meal have flavoured that gravy, especially with roast lamb. Cut out the middleman and put a teaspoon of mint sauce oh. in your gravy to start with. You'll thank me later. Mint sauce is one of the worst things on this planet. It's like, you know, cuckoo spit you get in, <laughs> in nature. 
That's what mint sauce is. It's just, it's horrible. It looks like someone might end, be on the back of your coat if you've got bullies behind you. Ahead of Easter Sunday and most likely roast lamb, thank you very much for ruining mint sauce for the nation. I don't like any of the other Cuckoo adornments. Spit. Cr- uh, cranberry sauce, is that the other one? I like cranberry sauce. Don't like that. That other one that you get in Ikea with meatballs, don't even know what that is, don't like Logan it. Logan Breeze? Don't like that. What about ab- um, apple sauce with uh, pork? Don't like that either. B- baby food. <laughs> it's all worse. Uh, Jonathan in Essex says, guys, I like to get creative and put paprika powder, that's quite hard to say, in cottage pies, makes comfort food taste even better. Bread sauce. Uh, This text says, afternoon, guys, Dean, the chef of 10 years here from Salisbury, my secret ingredient is smashed up bran flakes in crumble topping. It's delicious. (laughs) Not sure about that, Dean. No, me neither. Mm. Uh, Alan's been in touch, by the way. He was the person who suggested the mint sauce secret ingredient. He says the disrespect that was shown on air has mortally affected him. Hashtag cuckoo spit. <laughs> uh, Andy, what's your secret ingredient? My uh, secret ingredient is peanut butter in my baked beans. Um, but there are, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a couple of points that are, are worth noting. Uh, so it has to be smooth peanut butter, and uh, it goes into the beans while they're cooking on the hob, and right. only to be used with beans when they're being served on toast. <laughs> This is very specific for someone who is... is it's a heretic activity to try and sneak peanut butter into to beans. Do you, do you do that without people knowing, or is that something that you're, like, very yeah, well, upfront about? I only do it for myself. It's just for uh, personal titillation, really. Uh, my, brother, my older brother showed me about uh, 20 years ago, and I'm still not certain whether he was being serious when he told me to do it, but I love it. Does it change the colour of it? I'm imagining it makes those beans look a little bit anemic. It has a bit of depth. Adds a wee bit of depth to it. Um, a bit of depth of flavour and, and tone as well. Yeah. Andy, I, I honestly think this would be the kind of thing if, if like, at the start of a relationship someone caught, came in and caught you doing that, that might be it. <laughs> well, it could, it could be, it could be. But I've never told my message. I've never told my message. You've never told her about this before? No, no I've never, I'm not sure I've ever told anybody else, to be fair. Imagine if she's listening to this show right now, you walking through the front door later <laughs> and she's there, foot tapping in the kitchen, arms folded, and the relationship's over. <laughs> David Wigan texts, uh, Bush Ritchie, my ex used to put vinegar in a spag bowl. Now, here's the thing here. <laughs> There's so many questions. Uh, Dave doesn't make clear whether uh, now that he's not with that person, he is still putting vinegar in his spag bowl or whether the vinegar in the spag bowl was one of the things that ended the relationship. We could don't be. know. If you found out someone had been secretly putting vinegar in your spag bowl, you'd think that was it malicious. It could turn a relationship south. You could, you'd end up having to get someone to taste your food first. It would have, <laughs> you know, long-lasting effects. We've had some unbelievable recipe stuff come into the show during the course of this evening. Thank you if you got involved. Andy in Sevenoaks says, Bush and Richie, when I'm lucky enough to have fried bread, I always spread a bit of marmalade on it. It's lush. Ooh, continental. Ooh. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Now, of course, you might not be listening to this episode of the Daily Takeaway anywhere near Easter, uh, but uh, as we speak right now, we're days away from the big weekend, uh-huh. um, and uh, I'm making sure that uh, uh, the household is Easter egg ready. Uh, you know, kids up at the weekend, Rocco needs his, all that kind of stuff, so... Uh, do you want to been... miss someone out? No, exactly, you don't want to miss someone out. Uh, so I've been getting the Easter eggs. Here Here's what I don't get, all right? And I think this is a modern sensation. Never before 
have the kids of this country lived in a time where they have got uh, as many distractions as they have. They've all got their tablets, their smartphones, games and apps to play on them. They've all got their gaming devices at home. Some of them might even have really, really fancy ones with virtual reality and all that kind of stuff. Sky's the limit with tech these days for kids, Sky's the limit. I know it's the school holidays. There's so much that they can be doing. So why are they going around supermarkets stoving in Easter eggs? What, you've got people punching eggs around your neck of the woods? It's absolutely disgusting, yeah. I was trying to pick out Easter eggs to, like, buy, and you have to rifle through so many because they're pummeled. What is it in, like, someone putting their thumb in them and stuff? Yeah, so you have to just... You have to double-check that the... You've still got, like, the shiny foil, but you've got to check that someone hasn't actually cracked the egg in it already. Because that, that's one of the best things about getting into an egg, if it's your egg, is yeah. doing a bit... Do you, do you put your thumb through it, do you crack it on the side and try and keep it intact? But yeah. if someone's already done that for you, it ruins the surprise. What's going on this country? I think we need to have, like, a... But 10 to 15 year sentence for people who, Absolutely. who who stove in eggs that they're not willing to buy. Uh, now, last week, uh, we had a strange week, didn't we? Uh, you were here, I was at home uh, with uh, quite some illness, which, as you can hear from my voice, I've well and truly got over. But yeah, yeah, you're on the comeback trail. <laughs> I'm well and truly on the comeback trail. Uh, but our midweek games night um, revolved around the fact that I was at home and uh, one of the things I was uh, doing with uh, my little four-year-old Rocco was emptying his piggy bank Poor kid. Uh, but, <laughs> but we did have it. We gave it a little bit of a shake and uh, had a good old-fashioned fairground-style game of guessing how much money was in there. Now, from memory, it was around about 37 quid in there. That's a great amount of money. Rocco must have been chuffed with that. Uh, he has gone off to Lakeside today with 37 quid in his uh, his little pocket. My word. Yeah. Imagine as a kid, £37 pounds is like uh, it's like getting a mortgage. Well, I mean, he's got absolutely no idea what £37 pounds is. He's got a little toy till uh, that he makes me pay with what he calls a pavement card. Bless him. God bless him. Uh, but he's gone off and bought a brand new dinosaur with his £37. Pounds. I'd love to know what kind of type, type of dinosaur that's going to be. I can tell you, it's an Apatosaurus. See, I've never heard of that one before. I would say if you looked at it, it looks very much like your Diplodocus or your Brontosaurus. Because Rocco knows his dinosaurs, right? <laughs> he and does he, know he, his he, dinosaurs. He goes through all the different types of dinosaurs, uh, which is an amazing thing, but I, I don't, I'm not, this is not conspiracy theory, mm. but I think they've made up more dinosaurs than they were about when I was a kid. Because there was just T-Rex, yep. Diplodocus, yep. Stegosaurus, then the flying one, Pterodactyl. And your uh, Triceratops. Triceratops, spiky nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. I mean, we've had Jurassic Park, and it's had a bit of a comeback. Suddenly, they're making up new dinosaurs. Well, here's the thing. I think you could be onto something, because, of course, you had your Jurassic Park, three movies. Now uh-huh. you've got your Jurassic Worlds. There's one more of them to come. For every single one of those movies, you know, they're releasing new toys, aren't they? You it... can't just keep on doing new T-Rexes. Oh, my Lord. Have we just happened upon a huge conspiracy th- A paleontology conspiracy <laughs> theory. It's a little bit like football <laughs> teams going away shirts, because yeah. they want fans to buy them. Yeah. This is outrageous. Spielberg, Michael Crichton, who I think wrote... Um, uh, Jurassic World. Oh, They're here we all go. Quaking in their boots right now. The Daily Takeaway. Richie's daily takeaway. Oh, I feel like if you if you follow your football, I feel like Fernandinho. I've just I've just dropped a bombshell in a press conference there, haven't I? And everyone's having to deal with it. It's still it's the it's the elephant in the room at the moment <laughs> in this show. So uh, yeah, let's just let's just try and plough on and pretend everything's okay. I think I think if I'm just going to try and backtrack here. If it was a quieter cinema with my big buddy fireman friend James. Yep. We probably would sit. I don't know apart. if you would. I think you guys, 
You can't wait to get going. You go down and check that you're all on point in the in the bathroom mirror before he <laughs> he picks you up on his Harley Davidson. <laughs> Harley Davidson. He's got an electric car. Is he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's getting childish now, so let, uh, let's not let's not get in the way of any more uh, of some fantastic home time entertainment. Here you go.